shame. Your failures are not final. Written by Bishop C.M. Wright. Unresolved shame is the most debilitating spiritual condition with which we contend today. It is the root cause of almost all Christian inconsistency, and it is the primary reason many do not pray. It is the foundational reason for almost all backsliding. Let's examine shame and its effect upon the lives of God's people within these next few weeks. This is what we'll be going over, and I hope that you enjoy it. If you need the notes for this lesson series, they are on our link tree, which is on our Instagram and in the description of this podcast. We hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of Breaking Apostolic Taboo. I'm Bailey Romans, and this is the study on shame. Your failures are not final. So sorry it has been so long since we've come back. Hopefully you listened to last week's episode where you kind of learned what happened and why we went MIA for about a month. Um, so, uh, I don't remember where I was going with that, but we're glad to be back and starting back into the shame groove of talking about shame so we're doing two lessons today so we're starting with shame is a grudge shame is a grudge unforgiveness that I harbor against myself self-blame is the most common expression of shame in our daily lives self-blame is a demonstration of a grudge therefore shame is an accusation by the self against the self So, unforgiveness is extremely damaging to my spirituality, regardless of whom my grudge or bitterness is targeting, God, others, or myself. Unforgiveness is the most damaging of all sin because of the following. 1. It removes the blood from previous forgiven sin, opening the door for me to struggle with all of my old habits, desires, etc. Matthew 18.34 And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. Matthew 1834 and Weston's expanded translation. And having been aroused to the point of justifiable anger, his master handed him over to the torturers until such time as he would pay back all that he owed him. In the Living Bible, it says, Then the angry king set Uh, sent the man to the torture chamber until he had paid every last penny due. And then New Living Translation says, Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. The man had already been forgiven of of this debt, but his unforgiveness made him liable for it again. This debt was his past sins, Matthew 7, 12. Unforgiveness is the only sin that can provoke God to remove the blood from previously forgiven sin. Unforgiveness prevents God from answering my prayers, especially the prayer of repentance. Mark eleven twenty four through 26 says, Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And when ye stand praying, forgive, if he have ought against any that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. And the Amplified Version, it says, 
For this reason, I am telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that this is granted to you and you will get it. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him and let it drop, leave it, let it go, in order that your Father who is in heaven may also forgive you your own failings and shortcomings and let them drop. If you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your failings and shortcomings. Unforgiveness turns my life over to the tormentors. In Matthew 18, 34 through 35, it says, And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors. We, we read that a second ago. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgiven not every one his brother their trespasses. Many people have no joy, peace, contentment, direction, purpose, etc. in their, in their walk with God. They don't have a clue as to why their lives are like this either. In their minds, they are doing everything that they know to do and nothing is going right for them. They are living in torment. Dictionary.com's definition of torture is the act of inflicting excruciating pain as punishment or revenge, as a means of getting a confession or information or for sure cruelty, a method of inflicting such pain, it often tortures, the pain or suffering caused or undergone, extreme anguish of the body or mind, a cause of severe pain and anguish. So why are they clueless? They have accused the presence of unforgiveness or excused the presence of unforgiveness in their hearts. Nothing will ever change for them until they forgive everyone his brother their trespasses. Unforgiveness gives Satan an advantage over us. In 2 Corinthians 2, 10 through 11, it says, To whom ye forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything, to whom I forgave it, for your sakes forgave I it in the person of Christ, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. In the contemporary English version, it says, I have done this to keep Satan from getting the better of us. We all know what goes on in his mind. In today's English version, it says, In order to keep Satan from getting the upper hand over us, for we know what his plans are. An advantage means um, to have more or greater part of the share, to gain or take advantage of another, to overreact. Um, 2 Corinthians 7.2 uh, 2 Corinthians 2.11 So of Satan's efforts to gain an advantage over the church through their ne- neglect to restore the backslider in 2 Corinthians 12.17-18 It's make, of, make a gain of. Unforgiveness renders us helpless to defend ourselves against the devil. This inability to defend ourselves will continue to intensify until we are completely under his influence. Unforgiveness wraps all of my perceptions of myself, other people, my feelings about myself, and what I think other people feel about me, thus preventing me from seeing things clearly and making un- making unreliable all of my decisions. I don't think I said that word right, but we're going to move on. Acts twenty four sixteen says, And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. 
And then in the Amplified Version, it says, Therefore, I always exercise and uh, discipline myself, mortifying my body, um, denying my carnal affections, bodily appetites, and worldly desires, endeavoring in all aspects to have a clear, unshaken, blameless conscience, void of offense toward God and toward men. I'm going to skip a little bit of this because I feel like it's not completely necessary. So, when I allow my conscience to be polluted by an unresolved offense, my conscience is thus wounded. The wound is the loss of my co, my partner in... uh, I don't think I'm going to say that word right. (laughs) The voice of the Spirit of the Lord. So, it's the loss of the voice of the Spirit of the Lord. Uh, These feelings, opinions, conclusions, decisions, etc. cannot be trusted and will only produce problems, division, and disappointments. A very significant point for all to consider is, if shame is, in fact, a grudge that I have against myself, I will suffer all above itemized consequences even though it is myself that I refuse to forgive. Unforgiveness is not less serious to God just because it's it is myself that I refuse to forgive. In fact, it is significantly more serious to him because of the extremely negative impact that it is or that it has on all of my relationships with him, others, and myself. The problem with grudges is that they become bitterness. In Leviticus 19:18, thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. Galatians 5, 13 through 15 says, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. James 5, 9 says, Grudge not one against another. Brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. When bitterness is allowed to be a part of our spirit, it opens the door to confusion, which is a symptom of shame and every evil work. James three fourteen through 16 says, But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. The wisdom descendeth not from above, but it's earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and evil works. The root of bitterness. When bitterness takes root in our lives, it is impossible to prevent our attitudes, actions, words, etc. from negatively affecting other people around us. Hebrews 12, 14-15 says, Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord looking diligently lest any man fail of of the grace of God lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby thereby many be defiled an important point most of the symptoms of shame in our lives are like roots they are below the surface the real problems in our life are not the things that we can uh, consciously deal with on a daily basis the things that we know are there in our lives our real problems are the things that are buried beneath the surface of our conscious minds and our subconscious these are the roots of our problems 
Roots keep the visible things alive. When Jesus killed the fig tree, it died at its roots, even though visibly it still looked alive. But three days later, it was dead for all to see. Mark eleven twenty, And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. In addition, God's unwavering principle is that the tree and the fruit will be the same as the roots are. The tree and the fruit cannot be one thing and the roots something else. For Romans eleven sixteen, For it is the first fruit be holy. The lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. Sources of shame. The primary source of shame, sources of shame are my own actions. The most obvious source of shame. The most obvious sources of shame are those things that I did that I wish I had not done, or those things I did not do that I wish I had done. Sins that I commit that were practic or par- particularly damaging to me or someone else that I cannot give or get over or forget about and never feel forgiven for, especially sexual sins, fornication, adultery, homosexuality, etc. Goals that I did not reach, which greatly disappointed me or let someone else down, causing me to feel that my life will be forever incomplete. Things that I earnestly intended or greatly desired to do, but missed the opportunity to do because of neglect, procrastination, etc. Rejection. The real or perceived rejection by someone or of significance to me. Withholding of affection. Mental or emotional abuse, usually by means of verbal abuse. Why are you so stupid? You will never amount to anything. Why can't you be like your brother? Subconsciously, the rejected person blames themselves for not being able to be or to do good enough to be accepted. Alienation. This includes the idea of the extreme... extremity of alienation which is abandonment including emotional abandonment victims of the sexual infidelity of their mate victims of divorce either the mate or the child victims of a loved one who deserts the family survivors of a loved one who commits suicide those left behind when a parent or mate dies of an accident disease etc abuse these are design, or defined as violations of the person. Physical abuse by a parent, spouse, etc. Sexual abuse, rape, self-inflicted sexual abuse, pornography, including being forced to watch the indiscriminate sex acts of others. These things transfer the feelings of uncleanness to the observer as if they had actually participated in the act themselves. The perverseness and irony of all types of sin against the person is that the victim subconsciously blames themselves and not the predator. If I was not such a bad person, they would not be treating me like this, as an example. Class rejection. Shame experienced by a group of people because of rejection experienced as a group. An example is usually the result of persecution, enslavement, defeat and war, being cast out of a larger group, being misunderstood, and being accused of being something that you are not. Self-destructive behavior. Shame begats more shame. Shame is the root cause of all self-destructive behavior. The cycle of shame is shame-based identity. I begin to associate myself with the person that rejection has convinced me that I am. Someone worthy of more and more rejection. 
I become convinced that I am hopelessly flawed as a person and that there is no power within me to change me. There's distorted thinking. Or I become convinced that I need someone or something more than I have within me to be happy, to feel complete, or to feel better about myself. If I could just find something from outside of me that is better than what I have within me, I could become a better person and feel better about myself. Acting out feelings. I resort to searching for ways to fulfill my lust for things, pleasure, etc. This includes drugs, alcohol, adultery, perversion, gluttony, etc. And life-damaging consequences. The results of my actions obviously serve to, or serve only to, severely compound or compound my problems. Now I must deal with the consequences of my actions, which have caused an intensification of my shame beyond my imagination. That is all for this week's session on shame. I hope this really maybe opened up your eyes to something you haven't noticed about yourself um I noticed um some things I'm like oh I've dealt with that I've, I've been there I've done that I know people that are that way that struggle with that so hopefully maybe this will help you realize a couple things about yourself maybe give you a closer look on how to deal with others that may be struggling with this um I'm excited for the next lesson and I hope y'all get to tune in um catch up if you are a little behind and we will see you next week